wife start thinking about their health when they get sick. Come on, tell the truth. And I don't know, I had something the other day, and I know what it was. And you know, uh, some of us men, I'm not going to say y'all, have a low tolerance for pain. And I began to cry out on the name of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> said that day, I'm going to be a vegan for the rest of my life. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Most of us have to wait for something bad to happen before we decide that we want to take seriously uh, our bodies. But what we've discovered is, is that if you're going to be the most effective Christian and effective person, effective husband, you cannot neglect, effective wife, you cannot neglect your health. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, would you say amen? I mean, amen. there's a few things that we discuss. We're talking about creation health. I want to strongly encourage you. I'd like to feed your minds. I strongly encourage you to pick up one of these books, if not both of them, if you're serious about taking your life to another level. The name of the book is Creation Health Breakthrough. It was so good. Oprah took notice of it. It's written by our very own Monica Reed down at Florida Hospital System, uh, Seventh-day Adventist folk who took what the Word of God says about health, combined it with science, and a lot of people's lives are being changed as a result of it. I want to say, personally, this thing has blessed me. How many of you can say, just over the series, you've at least thought about trying to make some adjustments in your lifestyle? Come on, say amen. We're not talking about a diet. We're talking about a way, a way of life. A couple things we looked at real quick, and then I got a word today that I want to share with you. We're going to let you go home, all right? Let's look and see what, uh, what, we, what we've been dealing with. Creation Health is an acronym for uh, a couple of things that we discussed. First thing is, is if you want to make adjustments in your health, we learn that you have to consider the idea of what? What, everybody? Choice. Choice. Like, you, you have to make up your mind about this thing. I, I know I'm telling the truth. Like, you can't just go to a sermon, hear a, ser- hear, hear a sermon about health, and just feel like it's going to change. You really have to exercise the power of choice and determining your will that things are going to be different. Who knows what I'm talking about there? Number two, the next thing we recognize is the importance of rest. Thank God for the Sabbath. Amen? Amen. God built the Sabbath into our weekly routine to give us permission to shut it down. But many of us do not shut it down. Most of us, yes, there are some folks who are not even believers who keep Sabbath simply because they're sick and tired of the rat race that they run all week, and they need a reprieve. Just simply to get their mind right. How many, how many need to just get your mind right and just need to pause? Some of us just can't help ourselves. We just got to work. We just got to keep busy. You keep that up and you realize as we, study, as we talked in our study that a lack of rest is oftentimes a great contributor to risk factors for disease such as cancer, such as heart disease, diabetes, and the like. And uh, one of the things we also learn in addition to rest is that you can do both of those things, but if you're in a bad environment, now, I'm about to switch this on you. Some of y'all are always looking at the environment you're in and don't realize you're the problem of the environment. Go, go, go to that next slide. Pen of Inspiration said this. Uh, Ellen said in, in Christ's Observations 339, she says, every soul is surrounded by an atmosphere of its own. Uh, you know, we always talk about other people. Be honest. Some of us carry an atmosphere with us. And your atmosphere is not always a life-giving atmosphere. Okay, you won't admit it about yourself. Do you know anybody that has that atmosphere that when they come, you just be like, oh, Lord. Here they come. And so when we talk about atmosphere, we're not just talking about our environment. I mean, environment, we're not just talking about simply physical things. We're talking about our mindset, our hearts, what comes out of our mouths, the people that we roll with. It's just impossible. I know some of you think you're a little stronger than most. God bless you. Lord's good. I know Lord's good. You're real strong. I've just found the people you roll with don't influence you. I don't care how strong you are. If you roll with a certain crowd of people and they're a certain way, 
You're going to adjust. Ain't nobody that strong. We're social people. We're going to adjust. And so I'm not saying cut people off. We, we've, we've talked that far too long to the extent that church folk don't have no friends who are not church folk. That's a foul. Like, we call foul on that. We don't want that. How are you going to reach folk if you're not friends with folk? What I'm saying to you is the number one influential group in your life shouldn't be people who are about that life. Should be some folks that speak life into you. Should be some folks that encourage you. Many of y'all have not moved from one level to the next because you're around folk who ain't gone nowhere. Okay, let's go to the next one. Next, activity. The number one reason why most of us are unhealthy is not what we eat. The number one reason, oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. Especially the health police. Where the health police at? The minute you start talking about health, the health police always want to talk about what? Food. And listen, don't get me wrong, because the food is the next thing, but I got them in order. I'm going to tell you, that there's, uh, number two is exercise. Number three is what you eat. But I got number one today that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about number one today. So listen, we're not disparaging the importance of, of good nutrition, but understand this. Most of us, they say 70% of Americans do not exercise. They do not exercise. And the number one way to jumpstart your health is to begin to get active. This is what they suggest. They suggest that if you sweat four times a week and you reduce refined sugars, you will be able to adjust your life at least five to eight years. Did y'all catch that? Stay away from Dunkin' Donuts. Come on, say amen. Catch up. Like, for real, refined sugars in everything. High fructose corn syrup is the devil. And it's in everything. It's in everything. It's, carcin- it's a carcinogen. It, it encourages cancer. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. We're, we're wondering why all the vegetarians are getting sick, too. Listen, saints, it's not just not eating meat. Amen? There is a holistic message that we need to encourage. And I'm saying one of the best ways to ease into it, and we know this, that if at least you start exercising, when you start exercising, you naturally want to eat right. Seriously, who wants, to, who, wants to go, who wants to be in the gym, like, slaying it, killing it? You're in there, like, doing your thing, and then you're going to go have some donuts. Come on, it just, it just don't fit. Some of y'all do that because you like to reward yourself, right? <laughs> but I'm done with it. I'm about to go give me some pork chops. I don't need to reward myself. Like, <laughs> come on, saints. Like, really, I'm, it's been proven that when you start focusing on exercise, and again, we start thinking exercise, people have all kinds of premonitions. Like, I, t- I talked about the sisters. I talked about y'all hard, but I love you. I was just like, I know I mean, a lot of reasons why sisters don't work out is because they don't want to get their hair messed up, you know. But your hair going to look real nice in that casket. <laughs> You're going to be casket sharp. Right? We, uh, listen, let's just take off. And, and, and then some of us are a little, are a little younger, and so we're like, you know, I'm not going to walk because walking is beneath me. But real talk, everybody, the best exercise out there is walking. It is. And that's from a dude got an ego that wants to leave feeling like what? You know, you bench some stuff. I don't need no spot, you know. <laughs> hey, listen, saints, we got to learn to be active. Then next, we understand the importance of trusting God. Let's move on. Also, the importance of interpersonal relationships. Pastor Johnson talked last week about the importance of having a squad around you that encourages you to do these things. And then finally, finally today, we're going to talk about outlook. And next week, we're going to talk about what you are eating, nutrition. So let's go to the text today. I want to talk about outlook and attitude today. Genesis 2 and 3 is our text. And I promise you, look, I'm, this, I'm one of them preachers that got one good point. If I say anything good other than the one good thing, it's all Jesus. But I got one good point today. I got one. I'm going to be honest with you. Some preachers, oh, I got, I got, oh, I got a word today. I got one good word. The Lord dropped something in my spirit, and I believe it's going to help you today. If anything else good comes out of this message, we know it's the Holy Spirit. Here it is, Genesis 2. What did I say, everybody? 
Genesis 2. Second service tends to be a little, uh, the, the more melancholy service. Um, I'm just telling the truth. First service, uh, I mean, them, them folks make me lose my voice. They be coming up here rete. Uh, so, you know, I tend to preach longer when you're quieter. So just say something to me if you don't want me to preach long. Genesis 2 uh, and 3, chapters 2 and 3. Let's look at these passages of Scripture I remember what I told you. I told you everything. Remember this. Please don't miss this, especially for those of you who are serious Bible students. Every principle for abundant life is in Genesis chapter 2. Every principle for abundant life is in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. If you want to figure out how to live like Eden on top of the world, it's all in the first few chapters of the beginning of the Bible. Let's look at the text here and see what God now has to say to us. Help me read this, y'all. The Bible says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. He may, he may eat of how many? Every. I need to get this in your spirit. This is all I got today. How many? Every, every tree in the garden. Uh, but of the tree, come on, help me now, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you shall what? You shall what? Pause. I want you to just really examine what the Lord just said. The Lord said, you, first thing the Lord said is, you're free. Pause on that. Let's not, even, let's not even address what he says after that. The first thing that comes out of the mouth of the creator is freedom. You're free. You're not in bondage. You're not to be enslaved. You're free, and watch what he says, you're free to eat from every tree in the garden. Come here, my West Indian folk. Talk to me about seeing those, those watermelon-sized mangoes on the tree. Come on, my Southern folk. Look at them watermelons, the size of Mars. Talk to me now, and you don't have to pick on which one is sweet and which one is not sweet. They all sweet. Come on in here. All the bananas are ripe. Come on, y'all. The Bible says every tree is yours. I know some fruits, there's some fruits that we don't even know existed, that were there in the garden. The Lord says, they're all yours. You're free. First thing out of his mouth is, you're free. It's all yours. But, but, he said there's just one tree. Just one. He says, stay away from that one tree. He says, because if you eat of it, you'll die. Now watch this. This, God says, you're free. Watch Satan's temptation. Thank you, Zach Maddox, for giving me this sermon. I got this sermon in Go University. Right. Y'all to go to Go to University. Right. I was in my Bible study group, and the Lord dropped this word in my spirit. Am I telling the truth? Come on. All right, watch this. The Bible says, Genesis 3, watch the Bible. The Bible says, read, y'all. Now the serpent was more what? Uh, the hood version of that is shady. Come on, say amen. Huh? Uh, then any other beast of the what? That the Lord God had made. Here it goes. He said to the woman, watch this, watch this, y'all. Did God actually say You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. Next verse. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree. Did God say that? She's on point, right? Uh, That is in the midst of the garden. But God did not say this. She says, she threw this in there. Neither shall you touch it. God didn't say that. You know what's happening here? Satan is, God encourages freedom. Satan has now trying to get in her mind with restriction. So she's already thinking in a restrictive way. He said, well, he said, and we can't touch it. 
Watch this. He says, lest you die. Next verse, verse four. But the serpent said to the woman, are y'all still here? I feel a need to preach a little longer. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not what? Next verse. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be what, y'all? Your eyes will be what, y'all? A hood version of that is you're going to be woke. you be woke. Be woke. Conscious, right? For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Look at Satan here now. Knowing what? Next verse. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its what, everybody? And did what, everybody? And she also gave some to her who, everybody? Who was with her and he ate too. Now, let's just go ahead and shut this down. Oh, the woman was deceived. But the man made a choice. Don't matter. They both in a bad spot. <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares? She was deceived. Okay, she was deceived. But this dude made a rebellious, in-your-face, high-handed, treason-type decision in the Lord's face. So we got to stop all this. The woman was worse because she was deceived. The man was, hey, either way, he chose his ride or die, literally. <laughs> he literally went for the ride or die right here, right? Okay, go on now. The Bible says, then the eyes of both of them were what, everybody? And they knew that they were what, y'all? Now, and the Bible says, and they did what? Fig leaves together and made themselves lowing cloths. Let's be clear. All these pictures that you see of them fully covered in fig leaves ain't so. They covered their private parts. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. That's what the word says. You got to look at that thing in the Hebrew. The Bible says they covered their private parts because now their eyes are open. Ooh, this is going to be good. I only got one good point today. Next one. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking where, y'all? In the garden of the cool of the day. This is good news right here. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? Where are you? Lord, help us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. The title of our message today is Mentally Fit. Now, so much emphasis today is spent on being physically fit. Am I telling the truth? It's a lot, a lot of emphasis today. Everybody's at the gym. Well, everybody got gym membership. <laughs> everybody at the gym at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Amen. Everybody's got a gym. And it's like, you know, we're, we're obsessed with it. Um, um, and people want to look good. Hey, man. Why, why church folks so hesitant about saying that? It's nothing wrong with it. I just want the character of Christ. I just want to be covered in the robe of righteousness. <laughs> Anybody here want to look good? Say, throw your hands up and say, man. I mean, somebody, we want to look good, man. And so we work out. Man, I saw something on TV the other day, and I'm saying, look, we are so obsessed with how we look in preference to how we think. Amen. And many of us, oh, my God, choose the type of people we marry more so on how they look yes. rather than how they think. Yes. That's a whole nother conversation there. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation there. Don't push me. I can go there today. But understand, like, we're just obsessed with this, and there's all kinds of gimmicks. I'm telling y'all, I have done every, all the, I told you, all the videos, all the beach body, P90. Well, what else? Maybe like, you know, with the P90, or the insanity, hip-hop abs, you know, like, I did it once. Don't, don't, ain't no, nothing to be afraid. We done all, we did all that stuff. I saw some on TV the other day. I ain't gonna lie, I was so tempted to do it. It was this little thing, it's this, it's this thing that uh, some kind of electronic thing you put on your waist and it vibrates and it's supposed to give you rock, ha- rock, rock hard abs. I said, the devil is a lie. I said, I got, I got to have that. That means I don't got to do nothing 
I just put this around. Now, notice in the commercial, the dude that they got, I mean, he already got a 15 pack. He already got it. I mean, it ain't doing nothing because he already got it there. You ain't never seen that thing on nobody with two liters. You, you're not even seeing that. But, 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 but there's always this desire for quick fix. And there's this obsession, this fascination with how we look more so than how we think. And I want to say this right now. No doubt it's important to be buff and to be and have our bodies in order. But many of us, many of us got a nice waistline, but a bad attitude. Verse. Yeah, yeah. Many, many of you, your, your skin is flushed with radiance, but, but to be honest, your character is flushed with poison. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense to be to be in in good health. And I'm saying this in quotations because for real, for real, that ain't really good health. It makes no sense to, to have to have nice pecs, bruh. But 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 you just your your mindset is off. Are y'all hearing me right now? What I want to suggest to us today, as I said earlier and I say it again, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Hear me, everybody. I only got one good point today. Here it is. There are three in succession. How many did I say? Three in succession based on priority. Most important things you can do for your health. Number three is to eat right. Number two is to exercise. But number one is to think right. If you do not think right, you will not behave right. And, and, and what we are finding, and this is not just like a preacher thing, what, we, what I'm going to show you from science is that many of us are sick because our minds think sick. Real talk, most of us invest foolishness in our minds. Now, most of us ain't working out. You know you ain't working out your mind. What kind of exercises are you doing for your brain? What kind of exercise are you doing for your spirit, man, Lord Jesus? What, I mean, most of us take in foolishness into the cerebral cortex. Most of us take that in and, and we wonder why. We're still stuck in places in our lives. Most of us have experienced arrest. You're 50 years old and got 12-year-old arrested development. Stuck. And I'm telling you why I see it. Please don't take my passion for judgment today, but this is a burden to me. I've seen so many people railroaded, derailed in life, not because they wasn't good looking, not because they didn't have talents, not because they didn't have gifts, but because they had a bad attitude. Stinking thinking. And we know from the birth of the word of God. And from, and from science now was simply just agreeing with the word that if, hear me, I don't want to scare nobody today, but if you think a certain way, it will increase risk factors for cancer. It will increase risk factors for diabetes. It will increase risk factors, ladies in particular, for osteoporosis. Simply by the way, don't miss what I'm about to say, you choose to think. Are y'all here? Yes. Am I saying something? Yes. All right. Let's let, check this out here. Check this out. So when we talk about outlook, we're really talking about what, y'all? Attitude. Talking about attitude. Go to the next one here. So how you see the world, ooh, this is good, is more important, read that, y'all, than how the world is. Did you catch what I just said? Yes. See, many of us see the swamp and don't see the lily in the swamp. There was a study done. There was a study done on how 
and I'm going to show you in a minute, uh, fast forward through these slides, there's a study done that shows that our brains actually uh, gravitate towards negativity versus positivity. Your brain is hardwired for it. Find that slide for me. I want to go right there. Uh, there was a study done. They took a choir of people, and they had all these choir members, and they put one angry face in the choir. Nobody saw the singers. You know what they saw? They saw the angry face. Because, oh, this is good. Because we are hardwired, your brain, <laughs> your brain, science is crazy. Your brain actually rejects, like water on a duck's back, positivity. Do you remember? So many folks think so many folks are debilitated in life, not because of all the good things that have happened to them. Because, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of, yes, I know you haven't had hell. I know some things done happened to you. Everybody's had pain. You've been molested. You've been abused. Your parents rejected you. You were abandoned. You, you, you made some mistakes. I, I, all of us got that. Come on, say that. All of us have, 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 have just a, uh, we've got a cesspool of things that have happened to us. But I promise you here today, I promise you, please, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to belittle your experience. But I know that God has been better to you than your life has been bad to you. I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to give you a prime example today. How do I know that more good has happened to you than bad? You're here. You're here. You're here. Anybody want to thank him right now? I feel a praise moment right now. Can anybody look back over your life and say, I should have been killed. I should have quit. I should have cut myself and took my life. But the Lord's been better to me. Then things have been bad to me. Which is why I don't understand why the body of Christ is so negative. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, this is, this is to be helping a brother out. You know, pastor, if it gets so easy, that's why I got stuff on the screen. Watch this. I need to do some brain exercise, right? Check this. Watch this. This, this, ooh, watch this. The brain, Dr. Rick, uh, Rick Hansen, PhD, he's a neuropsychologist. So watch this. Studies the brain. Watch this. He said the brain as like Velcro. Y'all know what Velcro is, right? All right. Mm-hmm. For negative experiences and Teflon for positive ones. The brain is hardwired to absorb negativity, but to reject good memories. Can I go on? It says, while some individuals may be inherently more optimistic than others, it's generally true, somebody say generally true, that in order for positive experiences to stick in our brains as well as negative ones do, these, now please don't, come on, I know it's heavy, but hang in there with me. These positive experiences need to be held in our consciences for a longer period of time. Okay, let me break down what was just said. You don't have to put forth any effort to be negative. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I did my research. When you wake up in the morning, there is a hormone that is released called cortisol. We talked about that before. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Makes you negative. Huh? You get a, you get a nice dumping of that first thing in the morning. Now you know well, when you get up, you get up with an attitude. How many need prayer first thing in the morning? I know some of y'all liars out there. I get up praising the Lord. I woke up like this, Pastor. 
The devil is a lie. How many know you need to spend time with God in the morning or else you're going to cuss them out, you're going to cuss him out, and you're going to cuss yourself out. Help me, Lord Jesus. Oh! So what happens is it's all the pain. Listen, y'all, this thing is deep. All the stuff, all the pain, all the issues, all the bad memories, every person that ignored you, didn't speak to you, all the people that blessed you, though, you can't remember. You have literally, hear me now, you have literally got to force yourself, choose to rehearse. Some of y'all know where I'm going. You've got to choose to rehearse the goodness of God in your life in order for those memories to stick. How many know? How many many can smell what I'm cooking already? All right. All right. Watch this. The alarm bell. I got to be heavy. I I don't want y'all coming in here and just getting happy and not learning nothing. So there's some big words in here, but get on your phone and Google them. Amen. Come on. The alarm bell of the brain. (laughs) The amygdala. You've got two of these little almond shaped regions on either side of your head uses about two-thirds of its neurons to look for bad news. So right now, even though there is no bad news, the amygdala on both hemispheres is looking for negativity. Listen, the devil is in your brain. It's looking for negative stuff, right? Uh, It's primed. Oh, Lord, I love this line right here. It's primed to be pessimistic, to be negative, to to look for the worst in people instead of looking for the best in people. Go on, go on. Once it sounds the alarm, are y'all still here? I know it's heavy. We're going to come out in a little bit. Once it sounds the alarm, negative events and experiences get quickly stored in the memory. In contrast to positive events and experiences, which usually need to be held in awareness for a dozen or more seconds to transfer from short-term memory buffers to long-term storage. In other words, you you minding your own business. Negativity happens. And it doesn't just happen. Your brain is looking for it. It's looking to chew on it. Masticate on it. Uh, You know, the word that psychologists use for this is called ruminate. You ever heard old folks do that? He ruminating. Okay, you know what ruminating is? It's when a, it's when a cow <laughs> chews the cud. Y'all city folk. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Anybody here used to live in Alabama at some point or Mississippi? Help me out now. Like, you, you heard about what I'm talking about. So, so, so what happens with a cow is a cow, <laughs> I'm not trying to gross you out, but a cow, when it eats its food, it's the way its digestive system works is its digestive system doesn't totally digest what it eats, but actually moves it up from its rectilinear position. Come on, be real. I'm so rectilinear because I could be really crude right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But read through the scientific language, all right? It comes from a bad place, right? And it comes back up to the mouth, and they chew it like it's good. And they keep on chewing it. That's called ruminating. I wish y'all were praying with me right now. That's what many of us do with our life's experiences. We ruminate on the mess that's come from bad places in our life. We, hey, here we go. I got a real deep word for what we do. We dwell. We dwell on people's faults. 
we dwell on our faults. We dwell on why our life is so bad. Shut up. Ain't nobody trying to hear you talk about that no more. Open up your mouth and rejoice that you got a mouth. And here's the thing that I'm kind of avoiding, but indirectly saying all the science. I mean, just read the book. I don't got time today. You're killing yourself. Let me go further. There's other research that shows that mental health debilitating issues. So, so, okay, I want to be very delicate here, all right? But we now know that chemical imbalances can be reversed and not just medicated. My Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, I want to say this. We are not at all disparaging the need for medication. And some of y'all church folk need to be careful that you don't get so spiritual that you downplay the need for some science in your life. Oh, come on in here. Y'all, y'all, don't be, y'all ain't mad at science when somebody need to do CPR on you and you coding, right? There is a balance. But what I'm saying, I'm just lifting your minds higher. I know that God is a healer. And I know that God can hit the reset button and clear the hard drive of your brain and put new memories in there. We know now the neuroplasticity of the brain works in such a way where the brain can be rewired. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But it requires effort. It requires training your mind. It requires the Bible said, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible says we've got to train our minds. In righteousness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And stop chewing the cud. Come on. Let's go on. Let's go on. I got I gotta, I gotta one good point I got to share. Next, 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 next. All right. So there are a bunch of things that's causing many of us to be stuck. Bunch of things. And see, again, I'm not trying to. Okay, listen, everybody. I just need a few honest people like the pastor. If you're stuck in some area of your life right now and you know it, raise your hand. Okay, okay, thank you. Now, can we talk now? Okay, I'm going to tell you how to get out. First thing you need to do is say, I'm going to get out. Say it today, say it tomorrow, say it the next day, keep saying it. You don't even know you work in science. There is a law of the brain, both supported in Bible as well as science, that when you rehearse hope, your brain is rewired to pursue hope. I've got church folk that believe in the Bible that, and all they do is rehearse difficulties. Many of us, and the research is even here, that for most of us, a lot of our stresses are imaginary. They are more inflated. Am I talking to anybody here? I'm not trying to be too deep. We, we have created worst-case scenarios in our minds that don't even exist. Let's talk about interpersonal relationships. You've already made up your mind that she don't like you. No, let me tell you why she doesn't like you. She doesn't like herself. Something happened to her. And see, our initial mindset when some folks have done us wrong is condemnation rather than compassion. But hurt people hurt people. Stop taking it so doggone personally. And, and feel for their soul. Yes. Y'all not hearing me here today. Yes. 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 
We justify all things concerning health. But we don't justify when somebody hurts us and we get ourselves and our feelings out of it and say, if I hold on to this bitterness, if I hold on to this unforgiveness, I'm not going to hurt them. I'm going to hurt me. Good word. Let it go. Good word. Good word. I'm about to hurt somebody right now. Jesus ain't going to do that. You got to make up your mind. You're going to let it go. And when you make up your mind, Jesus will help you to do it. But you got to make up your mind that I shall live and not die. You got to make up your mind that I shall declare the report of the Lord. You got to make up your mind that I shall be healed. All right, so let me show you the text. Take me to the Genesis. So here's my one only point. So... Watch what Satan does, right? Here's the whole thing with having the wrong outlook. Not only is it debilitating, not only does it make you sick, not only does it increase risk factors for various diseases, not only does it shorten your life, not only does it destroy your relationships, not only does it lessen the amount of friends that you're going to have, but it actually primes you for satanic possession. Satan don't dwell in your legs. Satan attacks your mind. The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, are not carnal. They're not physical. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and, and everything, I love this, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God Hallelujah. And, and, and casting down imaginations and every, here it goes, and every thought. There it is. There it is. I, I don't know what y'all struggle is. My struggle is here. So watch what happens. Now I want you to see the difference between Christ and Satan and it's over. So Christ comes and he says, you see it there. He says, um, well, you took me to the right place. That's fine. Christ comes and he says, look, all of this is yours. It's yours. His, the emphasis of what Christ is saying is, is focus on all the good I gave you. You get me? You feeling me? He, he's like, all this is yours. Stay away from that. The point is, focus on the good. Yeah, the whole world is yours. The planet is yours. There's just one thing I want you to stay away from. It'll kill you. It's yours. Now, Adam and Eve, at that point, are totally but naked and cool with it. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us they don't even know they're naked. Okay, catch what I'm saying. They have no self-consciousness. All negative thinking, all bad attitudes come from being self-conscious. Many of us walk around think see the self-talk is paralyzing. How many, how many, how many of y'all know you talk to yourself? You ain't crazy, it's okay. You're not. How many of you talk to yourself? Right, okay. You just acknowledging the obvious. You the person you talk to the most during the day is you. What are you telling yourself? What's the conversation? What's the dialogue? Get this, y'all. Satan's desire, the Lord said, it's all yours. Satan says, I got to get them to think they don't have anything. 
So watch what he said. He comes to them. He says, uh, he says uh, I know God said y'all had everything, but it seemed like y'all don't got nothing. Everybody know what I'm talking about? How do you get in your feelings when you start looking at what you don't have instead of celebrating what you do have? When you are preoccupied with, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. I know what I'm talking about. When you are preoccupied with what people think, anybody like the pastor need to be free from that foolishness. Oh, come on and help me in here. I know some of y'all tough, tough as nails, but how many of y'all can be honest today and say, yeah, it bothers me what she said. It, it bothers me how she thought. It bothers me what he looked like. I, I, I ain't gonna lie, Pastor. I, I get in my feelings and, and I, I'm concerned, but I'm telling you there is so much freedom when you get to a place where you stop thinking about what friends you don't have and what person didn't give to you and what, what you don't have and where you didn't go to school and what, and you always compare you. I wasn't in college. They went to college. I mean, I mean stop all the comparison and just rejoice that you're blessed. Rejoice in what you have. Stop looking at what you don't have. Do you see how Satan did that thing? God says, everything is yours. Enjoy it. Stay away from that. Satan comes and says, y'all don't got nothing. Here it is. I forgot I even brought it here for this reason. They sitting here. They walk and look, they look, first of all, man. I get so excited just talking about this. Look, Adam and Eve, look, man, they swimming and they don't stop because they're tired. They stop because they just want to do something. They're going to scale a mountain now. It was before sin, ain't nobody getting tired. I don't know. Maybe the eagles were so big they hopped on them bad boys like, uh, uh, and just said, let's fly to the other part of the hemisphere. I don't know. They were enjoying eating fruits and taking showers and waterfalls and Come on, y'all. They were enjoying the beauty of creation. And they were enjoying, I didn't talk about this in first service. Y'all gonna get more. Ah, they enjoyed face-to-face communication with God. Listen, y'all have to come to church. But they lived in his presence. Lord have mercy. They didn't need to pray. They talked to him. Prayer is after sin. They didn't need a Bible. They had him, Lord. Lord. They had it all. But watch the deception of the enemy. The enemy comes to you and makes it seem like you don't got nothing. And here's the result. I'm done. Here's the result. The result is this. When he convinced them of that, they became self-conscious. So what they do? They start hiding. All of our issues are based on self-consciousness. All of them. All of them. You're too self-conscious. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're too self-conscious. That's why you dress like that. You ain't dressing for you. You dressing for them. That's why I don't too much care about it no more. Y'all can talk about me one way or the other. I don't. I, listen, don't judge me. I'm trying to be free from, from materialism. Y'all can judge me all you want, but I'm saying if I'm going to buy some shoes, they're going to be $400 shoes. I'm saying, I'm just telling you that's how that's the way I came up. I'm, you're gonna be right, be right. No disrespect to the rest of you. I, there's certain stories I'm not going to. The Lord has to break me from materialism. Come on now. And so I gotta get to a place that I gotta do the opposite. I need to humble myself and just chill. Because these are fig leaves. Some, some, some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all, it's your weight. It's your weight. Well, listen, who cares how they feel about you and your weight? 
Come on, somebody. Look, man, listen, being overweight is not the unpardonable sin. And as long as you got breath in your body, forget that, whether you got breath in your body or not, you are still loved by Jesus. Oh, you better get like Jill Scott and feel your weight. You better feel who you are. You better accept what you got. I'm not saying stay there, but at least don't let nobody make you feel less about yourself. I'm glad this. Listen, no, I ain't down in. I ain't down in this. I ain't down in the perms. I'm not down on them. I like them too. But I, I am going to say I like the new sisters who are saying we 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 gonna do natural. We're not, we not going to make folk feel like, listen, do whatever you want with your hair. Color it. I don't care. But do not, li- do not design your hair for them to like it. Do what you like. That's bondage. It's self-consciousness. It's fig leaves. Why are you driving that car? Oh, this, oh, listen, you know I'm preaching to me. If it ain't German, I wasn't driving it. <laughs> y'all, not, y'all don't even want to. <laughs> Some of y'all are pastor. He's so materialistic. Well, yeah. <laughs> I said that already. <laughs> I'm trying to be free. <laughs> you know, you feel me. And there are many of us, we cannot have relationships with people, and it has nothing to do with them. It's us. We're so doggone self-conscious. And our self-consciousness is always evaluating how people feel about us. And then we adjust our attitude based on how we perceive that they feel about us. Let me help you with something. Most of the time that you assume somebody thinks a certain way about you, you're wrong. But see, I can't even convince some of y'all of that because can't nobody tell you nothing. I know she don't like me. I know she ain't feeling me. I know, I know what she said. I saw how she looked. And what you're doing is ruminating. You're ruminating. You're ruminating, and you done stepped out of Holy Spirit, and you all in your flesh right now. And what you're actually even doing, according to this series, is you're increasing your risk factor for cancer. You're increasing your risk factor for stress-related induced diseases. So, so, so watch what God does. I, I got to end. So watch what God does. Go to, go to the next one, sweetheart. Go, go, go to the next one. Keep going. Let me show you what God does. God is like, you know, we are built to be negative, right? But this, this is it. God is like giving us an example of what to do when you have problems. In this text, it's all here. Adam and Eve bought the lie, became self-conscious, and start, this is, listen, y'all, it's got to be the dumbest thing on the planet. These, these, now, Adam and Eve got to be like, I don't know, let's just guess, 10 feet tall. Big. Cut. Come on, sister, let me minister to you right now. Your boy Adam was right. There was no flaw in him at all. Now let me help these brothers out. Oh, let's bless them for Eve right now. Amen? Amen? Now, now look at these big jokers going like this. <laughs> oh, I done seen some stuff in you today. I got to cover up. See, that's, that's what happens when, you, when the enemy gets in your mind. You start hiding stuff for no reason. They're going to they see this eczema. They're going to see this eczema. I got to put a little extra. Man, be free. Yo, 
So what, what, so, go on, go on to the next one. Go on next. I want, to, I want to tell them what God did. Watch what the Lord did. Watch what the Lord did. This is what we're supposed to do. The Lord did this. Now, they have literally endangered the universe. True. True. If I'm the parent, I'm going to tell you what I do with my kids. My kids can't stand when they do something wrong because they know I like, I try to, and this ain't right. Like, I'm a master guilt tripper. Oh, I just want to shame them. How could you? You left the dishes soaking last night? When we've told, me and your mother, we've sacrificed for you. Your mother carried you for nine months. We paid bills. We cook, we cook food for you. We clean your nasty underwear. And you got the nerve to be disrespectful. Come to the Lord right now. Repent. Man, I'll even work a little tear in my eye. You know, I, I, I want to break them down. I, I want them to say, no more, Daddy. We repent. Forgive us. That, that ain't right. Watch what, notice what the Lord did. Because I'm saying if I were God, I would have shamed Adam and Eve. Get your naked behinds. Trying to hide from me. Yeah, that's real. I told y'all y'all can have everything, and y'all decided to fall for a snake for one thing when I gave you everything. How many of you was God? You would have came in there guns blazing. Come on, tell the truth, huh? But watch. This is how God is showing us. This is how you deal with adverse circumstances. This is how you deal when, uh, with people that hurt you. The Lord comes out, and he's all positive. Where are y'all at? I know y'all, y'all, y'all didn't kill my son. He got to come down and save you now. Well, that's all, that's all right. We're going to fix this. There, I, I see some good in this. Oh, oh I, 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 listen, it ain't over. Oh, bless his name. Oh, I don't know if you're smelling what we're cooking here today. It ain't over, y'all. Hang in there. All I just want you to do is come to me. Just come to me. And the whole time, Adam and Eve never repented. They never said they were sorry. But God gave forgiveness when they didn't even ask for it. The Bible says he stretched wide on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they do. And Zach Maddox, he's making promises. Isn't that what we talked about? He's promising them, I'm going to save you anyway. Y'all ain't even said you're sorry, but I'm going to fix this. Y'all ain't done nothing right. Y'all messed up everything. The whole earth is groaning with labor. But I want you to know that I got your back. I still see good in you. I still see good in you. I still see God in you. I still see God in you. I still see myself in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. You've got to tell me that God is the most optimistic person in the world when he can see good in you. Oh, come on. Let's go home, y'all. How many of you can rejoice right now? Because you're honest and you know who you are. You know ain't nothing good dwelling in you. But he saw the best in you. When everyone else around could only see the worst in you. How many of you know yourself? How many of you know your struggles? 
How many know your own sins? How many of you have cried in the midnight hour because you felt like nobody would love you? You felt like you were unlovable. But the love of Christ, the mercy of God, saw something in you. And the Lord said, you're mine. Glory to God. You're mine. I don't judge you by what you did. I don't look down on you and label you because of what you did. I determine who you are because of what I did. That's what Christians do. Christians see the house on fire and say, we're about to save somebody. Christians hear the report of cancer and say, God is going to be glorified. Come on in here, y'all. Christians see somebody fall in sin and they immediately think about when they fell in sin. And they, and they know that this person is about to experience grace. We're just bad advertisement. Where's Willie at? I think he's over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, come on, seriously. Who wants to, man, look, let me end here. Yo, uh, praise God for the Olympics. Anybody been watching? Uh, them sisters. Come on now. Uh, a couple days ago, the four by one uh, quarterfinal, no, semifinal, quarterfinal, I believe it was. No, it was semifinal. And in the race, Allison Felix and the rest of them began the race, one of the sisters merged into their lane, causing Allison in the exchange of the baton to drop the baton. Technically, according to the rules, you're out. You're out, disqualified. Allison had the presence of mind. See, this, see when you are a deficit thinker, you say, it's over. I quit. Some of y'all done quit. But see, when you, when you think positively, you say, I'm going to finish the race even though I dropped the baton. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Anybody drop some stuff in this life? Pick it up. I don't care what the rules say. Pick it up anyway. They say, Allison picked it up. And they said, let's go. She, she told her team. They would load this heart and finish the race. They finished the race. Allison said in the interview afterward, she said, listen, we're hoping for an appeal because I know that just because you dropped the baton, uh, there's a possibility that it's protestable because somebody moved in our lane. Translation, I could see some good in this. I could see. Oh, y'all not praying. Some of y'all would have quit the race. Y'all would have never done nothing good. Out. Come on in here. She says, keep going. They finished the race. Bless your heart. I didn't watch it last night. Y'all pray for me. I didn't see it. I promise I didn't. I didn't. I'm like, Don't judge me. I didn't watch it. I got the update on my phone, though. Y'all pray for me. I heard them sisters got gold medal. Y'all not here. Look, and, they, and here's what I want to tell you. They had to do something that I thought was kind of weird and ridiculous. They made them, in order to qualify, they had to run the race by themselves. So the only thing that they were racing against And mama, I'm saying that's sort of silly. It feels weird to just be out here. But see, when you're a deficit thinker, you see stuff like that and say, this is dumb. This is stupid. We'll never win. We'll never have a chance. But when you're a person that's motivated by optimism like the Lord, when you're able to see the good... When you're able to see your blessings, 
when you're able to call to mind. Uh, Jeremiah said, one thing I call to mind and that I remember. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is the Lord's faithfulness. I don't care if I make my bed in hell. I believe I can get up and run the race. I believe that I can keep on fighting. I believe I can make it. I believe I shall be healed. I believe I shall be delivered. I believe I shall win. I will not give up. It is, let me say this. It is not spiritual to think a loser. We got some church folk who think it's humble to be real. Come on now. Christians are not to think in reality. My Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. There's actually a study that's been done. Go ahead, Willie, start playing. There's actually a study that's been done that says realistic thinkers accomplish very little. Optimists and visionaries accomplish more than them because they're at least willing to try some stuff. Hey, I got a word for you today. You know, here's the one thing, and there's so many, I mean, I just ran out of time. There's so many mental health exercises you can do, but you know what the number one thing is? And science has proved it. Praise. Put that, put, that, put that Ellen statement on the screen for me. The last one, just like in the last one. Do you realize you can rewire your brain by praising God? Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Remember, your brain attaches itself to negative. The only way you'll think positive is you have to rehearse the goodness of God. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord. You know, I I, I don't praise God like that. Okay, you're going to go crazy. No, no. I'm I'm not. I'm serious. I am serious. I want to come straight at somebody who can be real with the pastor. Stand with me on this. How many know you almost lost your mind, but you didn't lose your mind because you began to remember what a great God you have. Many of us ain't too far from medication. Some of us on medication right now, and we're going to still praise him. Come on, some of us on value, but we're going to still lift our hands. Some of us had some stuff happen to us, and we're not all ticking up here, but we still thank God that I shall live and not die. I shall declare the works of the Lord. Y'all don't believe me? Watch this. Nothing tends more to promote health of body and soul than does a spirit of praise and gratitude. Did you just catch what that was? We ain't talking about food today. We're not talking about exercise. How you want to get healthy? You want to get your mind right? Practice praising God. I said practice. You know what practice is, right? Practice is when you rehearse a behavior and how many, I ain't never like practice. Come on, say amen. But I do it anyway because I know if I practice in private, when I go public, come on in here, somebody. Come on in here, somebody. Let's practice right now. Praise him. Let's practice right now. Open up your mouth. Let's practice right now. Put them hands together. Let's practice right now. Tell God he's worthy. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him.
focus your mind. Look back where God has brought you from. Somebody wave your hands. Somebody open up your mouth. Say, God, you're worthy. God, you're awesome. God, you're mighty. God, you're worthy. God, you love me. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. I'm going to see the good and not the bad. Lift up your hands on your gates. The King of glory shall come in. Come on, saints, let's celebrate our God. I said, let's celebrate the Lord. I said, let's celebrate the Lord. Celebrate the Lord. Practice praising. Practice glorifying. Practice exalting Him. Let's stand right now. We're going to close. My first appeal is this. Is there anybody here right now? This week, this week, starting today, you want to start praising God for no reason. No, seriously, you want to start making up reasons to praise God. This is not a fad. We're not talking about something cool. Oh, praise is the new thing. No, praise rewires your brain. Praise fights depression. Praise fights cancer. Y'all not hearing me in here. Praise fights heart attacks. Ah, I, I want to I be grateful. Anybody in here want to start practicing praise? I want to ask you to slip out of your seat. Come here, let me pray for you. It's going to be hard work. Remember, your brain is going to gravitate to everything negative. Now, I need to pray for you on this. Some of us, just negative. But by the grace of God, we're going to praise our way out of some stuff. <laughs> Lift your voices. Yeah. Come on, Willie. Come on, Willie. Why my heart is filled with praise. Anybody else? Come closer. Come closer, saints. Come closer. Oh, we got to go into prayer on this. Oh, I love you. Sing it, y'all. Oh, I, I love, love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me. Oh, bless him. Sing it, y'all. Such a special way. Why do you praise him? That's why I praise you. Lift him up. I lift you up hey. and I magnify your name. Come on, say. Hey. That's why my heart is filled. 